Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of Prevention 365 podcast series. This is your host, Carol Almeida of the ADAP podcast crew. And today, we have a special topic to discuss. And this is all about healing families to heal addiction. And for today's guest, may I present a member of the ADAP family, Miss Jessica Abaya. Jessica is a community organizer at the Community Prevention Unit of ADAP. And she has gone a long way. And if you ask me about her journey, uh, she started as our intern being a community health science student at Cal State Dominguez Hills. And she was already exposed to what we call the continuum of care uh, that ADAP espouses in their programs. Continuum of care starts from prevention all the way to intervention, treatment, and recovery. So I think that there is no other person better than Miss Jessica Abaya to be the guest of this podcast. Jessica, a few words. Yes. Thank you, Carol, for having me as your guest today. And thank you, ADAP, for supporting the journey. It has been quite a journey. Yes, I started as an intern. Um, and then moved up, slowly moved up to being a community organizer. And I continue to help people in recovery, treatment, and in prevention. Yeah. Jessica, my first question is, what was the prevailing attitude of family members as you were going through this experience? Meaning you as a family member, going through this experience? Yes, um, thank you for that question. What we know about addiction, it affects the person that is currently addicted to whatever substances. It may be alcohol, maybe marijuana, maybe another drug. But what we also know with addiction is that Families and friends are also directly impacted by their addiction. I had a brother that had an addiction growing up. And at that age, I was way too young. I was in middle school. And there was really nothing that I can do. And so I would always watch my parents and my siblings help my brother with his addiction but it was like an on and off day. And one thing I know is that when that happened, I knew I couldn't do anything about it. I would always hide myself in the room because the person that I knew didn't exist anymore. That person wasn't my brother. That person was my brother under the influence of drugs and the attitudes and the behaviors, they were so much different than what I remembered my brother to be. And so the general attitude 
growing up was we think that there's a one answer or one solution that can solve everything. Not knowing later on in life, that it takes steps. You have to reach out and find a treatment program. You have to have courage and bravery to reach out for help. Like ADAP says, people really do need people. Reaching out was one thing I wish that my family members could have done in the past. It would have definitely shortened the recovery process. It would have helped my brother with his addiction sooner. Thank you, Jessica. You know, looking back and trying to, to analyze your response, you know, I consider that uh, response, uh, what we call evolutionary, you know, evolutionary in the sense that it started from a vulnerability. Like what you've said, you were so young when you saw your brother being under the influence of drugs and being addicted to it. But you were so young, you weren't able to do anything about it. I think that's the vulnerability. You know? Not being able to do anything. And then later on to realize that you need help. You need help from other people. You need help from professionals. You need help from, from uh, providers, service providers like ADA. That, I think, speaks of development, you know, and, uh, you know, just, just the evolution of, uh, of things. Thank you, Jessica, for that, for that response. Now, um, can we go to the next question? My next question, and this, uh, I think... Uh, will uh, ask uh, just uh, how your family undergo the process of uh, getting back. You know? So we heard your response on, on how you have evolved from that challenging situation. You and your family have evolved from that challenging situation. So I'd like to ask you, how you, your family, you and your family just get back? Your family just heal or recover? Yeah, so with recovery, we, as a family unit, we're pretty strong. We are always there for each other. We help each other through thick and thin. And one thing is certain with addiction, it isn't a one answer, one day solution. It's a lifelong mission. You've got to be supportive for the person that's in the recovery process. Additionally to that, 
you have to make sure that you are aware you can self-regulate your own emotions. Make sure that you also take care of yourself. It's draining. When you have a loved one that's in addiction and you're trying to reach into yourself and utilize all of your energy to help the loved one, you end up becoming depleted. And in the end, you end up neglecting yourself. And so it's really important to emphasize that in my family, we did help my brother. We almost took shifts. I mean, I'm not kidding you. We probably laid it down to morning shift, afternoon shift, night shift, weekend shifts. We're busy people too. Our lives doesn't stop. We still have to do the things that we need to do. And I think at the time when my brother was in treatment, I was barely going into community college. I also had to juggle a full-time job. I was also thrown into being an adult, paying for bills. Not only that, I had to also be there to help my brother. I think as a family unit, we understood that we had other obligations. And so we supported each other. And that's very important. And I believe that that is how my family was able to recover and heal. Thank you, Jessica. That was really, shall we say, inspirational, you know. But your response tells people that it is not an easy process. It takes courage. It takes cohesiveness on the part of the family. And persistence too. I mean, I feel that you have to be on the same level of patience and perseverance and persistence. And that is no joke. That is not an easy process. So my next question is, how about you? I mean, we just talk about the collective unit, the family. But let's focus on you. Where will you place yourself? Yourself, meaning as an individual in the complexity of this situation. Um, for this question, it's quite interesting. I know if I could rewind time back and play out that uh, situation, where I remember running back into my room and just being scared. I remember that I was scared, but I also wanted to help my brother. I really wanted to help him heal. I wanted him to experience life again. I had so many questions racing through my head. 
some of the questions were questions that we think about when we have family members in addiction. We start placing the blame. Where can we place the blame? Is the blame to be placed on the family? Is the blame to be placed in the schools? Is the blame to be placed in the environment? There's so many different questions that were racing through my head at that time. But one thing is certain, I definitely wanted to help my brother. Little did I know that that seed was planted inside of me, that I went off to high school, I graduated, I went to community college, I went into the community health programs, and then from there, it was the year of 2017. It was a tragic year for me. I lost my mother, and then exactly 10 days later, I lost my older sister. And then I was placed in a situation where I had to find an internship. And that internship needed to be local so that I can still help my father. And so I applied. I applied at ADAP because I read on the website that they had a prevention team and I read that they had programs available and I said, wow, I almost had an aha moment. Like I'm going to jump into this program so I can find all the resources that can be helpful for me because at this time in my life my brother had already entered a recovery and treatment program and it has been a real struggle and so partnered with the skills and the training that i learned as an intern i was able to advocate for my brother. I was able to be there for my brother. I was able to support him. So much so when we fast forward time, now, why he is doing well. He is been, he has been five years sober and he's able to do things on his own and again it doesn't end there with addiction it's a lifelong mission you've got to continue showing up and with all of this I'm thankful that I continue to show up and I continue to sharpen my skills as a community organizer, as part of the prevention team, and most important, to help my family members through addiction. Wow. Your words continue to show up, continue to sharpen your skills. 
Those are powerful words, Jessica. So, you know, getting into the next question, um, I would say that uh, it's not easy to ask this question, you know, because uh, it's, it's not an instant thing. I know it's a process. As you've said, it's a lifelong mission, you know, if you have this kind of an experience, you know, continuing to show up. But I would ask you to leave something to the audience, to our listeners, you know. What is it that, uh, what can family members do? You know? What can they do, you know? as they go through this experience as, and, the, and as they rise above this experience of uh, addiction of a family member? What can families do? Yeah, that's a very important question. And uh, oftentimes I want to emphasize with addiction, we're always looking at the individual person the individual unit that is suffering. Little do they know they bypass and overlook the entire family unit. So the tips that I want to leave for family members who have loved ones with an addiction is number one, first, understand that addiction can happen to anyone, even with the people that come from the most loving homes. It's not your fault. Number two, learn as much as possible about the addiction. Learn about their triggers. Help your loved ones heal by introducing new ideas to cope with stress. By doing so, you also heal yourself. I like to focus on creating moments with my brother. I spend a good chunk of my time now to support my brother. And the days that I do have my brother come to my house, I emphasize moments. What does that mean? I leave him with experiences. Some include family dinners. The most recent one, I wanted tacos. I didn't want to go order tacos. What did we do? We went to the grocery store. We got um, the fresh flour tortillas, all the meats and vegetables. And then we came home. And then he looked at me and I was like, don't expect me to cook all of that. You better wash your hands. So uh, we're both in the kitchen. And he and him and I are looking at each other because we're trying to think like fresh tortillas. How do you even begin? 
So we watched a YouTube video and we learned how to make uh, fresh, fresh tortillas. Take a ball of dough, round it, make it flat. There's a tortilla press, put it in there, press it, take a pan, get some oil. Why it was so much fun. At the end of that day, we were full, we were happy, and we had so much leftover tacos. But that wasn't the point why I did that. The point of it all was to create moments so that when he goes back to his program, he remembers yeah, I went to my sister's house and she said she was hungry. She wanted tacos. So I was thinking we were going to go to like the taco shop. Little did I know she made me go to the grocery store. We were hunting for all the ingredients. And then we had to make everything fresh. I mean, now he knows how to make fresh tacos. <laughs> to where his friends at his facility says, hey, can you make fresh tacos here sometime? He actually called me and said, can we buy the ingredients and um, drop it off over there so they can make it in their kitchen? I said, yeah, no problem. But it's creating moments like this and introducing these ways to cope with stress, cope with anxiety. It helps them but it also helps you. The third one is it's okay to reach out for help. You don't have all the answers. Find a treatment program to support the person who has the addiction. Reach out, ask for help. We are here. Like Adap says, people really do need people. And it's really interesting that I ended up with Adap because this was my philosophy in life. People really do need people. I want to be there for people. I want to help people. I love people so much that I want to be there to help people. So with this, I want to say thank you, Ada. Thank you, Community Prevention. Thank you too, Jessica. You know, need I say more? You know, I want to leave your words and I want your words to stay in the minds of our listeners, in the minds of our audience, because those are brilliant words. Those are words that really help people. Help people heal. Help families heal. Thank you. And with this, we bring to a close another edition of Prevention 365 podcast series. Catch us every Wednesday on the Believe Network, Spotify, and Apple, or on our YouTube channel, ADAP or AADAP, People 
need people. Have a good day, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.